Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. And I am Tiffany, Liquid Enthusiast. And welcome to episode 115 of Beer and Other Stuff Podcast Adjunct Series, the first episode of 2023. Lovely. So happy to be here. Very excited. I've got Tiff with me for these episodes. Obviously, if you've been listening or watching lately, you'll know that Tiff and I have been doing the Link Up Series 4 we sure have. episodes, which went fantastic. Yeah, great series. Yeah, right? Brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, we're going to get into that. But, uh, this is the uh, sort of the 2022 wrap up edition and kind of the 2023. What does craft beer look like going into the new year? Um, and you know, if you're watching, we're you know, change the setup or outside of the sets. We, you know, Tiff and I might do a bunch of these this yeah, year. We've been looking we'll at chill together and uh, looks like little bears trying to get in your manscaped box, which we'll talk about oh, in a second. You're gonna come in here, you're bear? Interested, but don't you love your fur bear? Don't you want to keep your fur? Well, but maybe he doesn't. I think he wants to get escaped. I think we'll he might want to get it. escaped. And but of yeah, course. But we'll hang out here. We're going to get into yeah. everything. But this episode, once again, is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, we are very uh, ecstatic to continue the partnership into 2023. So I have a hilarious read. Now, Tiff is going to switch the phone. and Ooh, yeah. Maybe show. Sure, it's going to be a little messier. These, let's get into these We parts. actually haven't done this before. So do you want to tell me when you want to just do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. People Switching just it. See it. You know, you can also do yourself picture in picture too. Oh, do you know the only problem is I'm not going to be able to barely read it. That's oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's okay. That's okay, fine. Yeah, it's a little, no, it's all fine. Right, so the We're already changed. There's Bear walking around. So there's Barrington. All right, guys. So three, two, one, happy new year. Uh, from our friends at Manscaped, the ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below the waist grooming, this is pretty funny doing it this way, yeah. have you covered for your much needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code BAOS. You know the vibes. You're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. I mean, it's incredible. It's a deal. Let's have a toast for the new year, new you, and a new you with no pubes. Hey, take those pubes off. <laughs> this is good. It's actually much more fun with uh, you hyping up the pubes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so look, you know, I've been right. I kind of always feel like it's a bit TMI because BOS is we're pretty like – we just talk about beer and stuff, you know. But you all men with hair. You're men with hair. I don't know. Like, I'll be rocking with Manscaped for, I think we started at the end of 2021. So it's been a solid year and a bit. And uh, I genuinely fuck with the products. So to me, this is a, a perfect fit for for what we're here for. And hopefully either people listening for yourself or for someone that you love or know. Uh, so it's a new year, new balls with the global leaders in below the waist grooming this year. Take your package to the next level with their performing pa- performance package 4.0 and other premium Wet, wet, wet goods. That's interesting. Ooh. I know, right? Inside the performance package 4.0, you'll find the signature lawnmower 4.0. So right here, this is what you don't really, wow, shit. Everything's going. Did that continue? Did I fuck that up? I did not. All right. So I got the box of goodies here. So this is the performance package 4.0. Look at that, mate. So inside here, you get the lawnmower 4.0, which is this bad boy right here. The advanced skin safe, so I'm trying to read this from a distance, technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight, which is, you see the vibes, you see that, you see that, see how safe that sounds? Yeah. Uh, That will shine a light on the, I can't read it, I'm sorry, thank you. On the promise land 2023 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying the crop preserver, which is this bad boy right here. 
that little guy, and the uh, ball reviver right here. Crop reviver, sorry. I thought it was a ball. That's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, before showing off your 2023 self, these unique formulations take care of the small, smelliest parts of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the Manscaped, to complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag, which is underneath here and it's fantastic. Uh, I Once again, I already have this and I've been using it. This is just the fresh one for the videos. Fresh balls on the go. You know the vibes. Um... I lose this travel bag and the anti-chafing boxer briefs, which are these guys. Big fan uh, of these ones. Nice and uh, they fit fantastic. And they're free gifts to keep your goodies stored comfortably. Now, if you really want to make 2023 the year to remember, make sure you try Manscaped's wet goods as well. This includes their ultra premium body wash, which is this stuff here. I'm actually dying to try it, but I haven't because I would fuck up the videos. Uh, the body wash and the two-in-one shampoo. And the body deodorant, which is this bad boy. Boom. So these are mass, these are actually pretty big, 16 ounces. Like they're like big ass things. So I definitely wanted, I'm keen to tell to try these. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym sessions. Cheers to new balls in 2023. Now get 20% off on free shipping with the code BAOS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and the code BAOS. Time to feel sexy and free. This 2023 with Manscaped. And is it right? Nice. Nice and easy. Alrighty. So, boom. That was fun. Changing it up. Yeah. Shouts to Manscaped. So, yeah, make sure you cop that, guys. It's, it's super dope. And they got a bunch of other things that wasn't in that read. And uh, lots of fun. So, beer time. All right. Now, we're going to be doing different beers this evening. Um, and, and, oh, I'm still going to keep drinking my beer. So, I'll let them know what I'm drinking. And then as we talk... Okay, I'm almost finished that isn't the same one, but yes. No, I'm almost finished. That's why I have another glass. Do you want to tell them what that one is? Yeah, so right now I'm drinking uh, Libra's Pale Ale. Uh, Libra is Ooh. a wonderful non-alcoholic beverage company. Non-alcoholic brewery. Oh, it's paused. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, my fault. Oh, are you going to my thing? I was going to go over yeah, here. Yeah, so this is the uh, the pale ale. This yeah. is a signature pale ale. Do you want to show the can for the um, IPA? And I will be then switching over to an IPA. So I'm not technically in dry January season, but like, you know, went pretty hard over New Year's. You know, I've been drinking consistently all the way through. And Libra is just like always a good time. Like it's like, oh, just straight up like my favorite non-alcoholic beers. They make my favorite non-alcoholic beers. They're phenomenal. Period. And, uh, and then I can, uh, yeah, go switch over. over. There's Barrington on the floor there. I'm going to be drinking the Link Up IPA from Foam, which was, excuse me, was one of the beers from uh, Series 4 that just dropped a few weeks ago. I figured it'd be a good opportunity to do it. And this was obviously a pretty big deal for us, which I'll get into. Um, so I'm going to crack that right now. And I also would like to take, I guess I'm going to change this back, to take a break. Oh, you want to do the Porsche? Ooh. Yeah, I want to do the Porsche. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. So you guys, we're, we're pretty new. We're doing, um, we have a second cam, it's new life. Yeah, we're just trying to like switch we're it up. Cool. Yeah, you see Look that. at your phone. How good is this for a phone, eh? Because of right? Porsche, I forgot it's iPhone. That's what it's it's iPhone. And then of course the link up glass where I'm trying to pour it in this awkward way. Oh, look yeah. at that. Uh, so this beer, oh, we- Oh, she smells fantastic. It's glorious. I would recommend you listen to the podcast. It was so good with uh, John and Bob of Foam. This one rocks, um, oh, do I have to pull up thingo? Let me see if I can remember. I think it's Cascade, Citra, and Sabro. Uh, 7%. Uh, it is gorgeous. Let's just do a cheers anyway. Get that in you. Oh, we're going to take some photos. 
We got the camera right here. Mm. So this one is like it's got a little bit of like grassy herbal vibes from the um, from the Cascade, I believe. The sabra is pretty subtle with the coconut, and um, obviously the citra, a nice tropical fruit, you know, juicy mango, pineapple type of thing. Um, and it definitely just tastes like a foam beer, and it's a genuine, genuine honor to have foam participate in Link Up, and for them to be so passionate about the cause and and everything is just. Uh, just flipping gorgeous. Yeah, that so, was beautiful. That was awesome. Do you want to do the photo yeah, for this one? Just, and I'll start to get into it. So, guys, all right, let's start. Uh, we took some notes here. Here we go. So, first things first, we kind of wanted to – let me – do you want to get a pour shot? Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, I'm not going to do it unless I go cover it around. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Um, the year in beer for 2022. Oh, stop. Uh-oh. That was a video. Oh. Which actually could be nice for Instagram Reels at some point. Okay. Well, Okay. probably we messed that up. Hang on. I think if you sip a little bit, you can give me, um, yeah, perfect. Sorry, guys, you know how it goes, getting these uh, shots. Normally, I'd have a guest uh, do all the talking whilst I'm uh, doing the content. Perfect. So, yeah, this year for, for 2022, really good year in beer across the board. Um I'm trying to think, did you have any highlights that you, maybe some, because I mean, it's been an interesting year for us. Mm -hmm. So I'll let, let you get into, you got any thoughts first, otherwise I can just go straight into it. But just like any highlights of the year, new discoveries, uh, places you visited that you enjoyed. Um, I don't think I went anywhere new, period. We went to new breweries. Um, I mean, not places. We oh, were, I think this was, places. Okay. This is one of the first um, years we didn't go yeah. basically anywhere. Um, I guess, yeah, a lot since 2012. Oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah. We went to a few places last year. Okay, overall, I would say we moved to Hamilton. So that put us back in Ontario. Yes. So I guess, like, I've been drinking a lot more Ontario beers and sampling more Ontario beers than I was previously, which is great. Yes. Even though we were always getting Ontario beers. But There's we're closer that. to some faves and just like good moments, which I also love, like going to the Hamilton beer crawl, like hanging at Merritt and stuff was really cool. That was Ooh, like that such was a good, good vibe. And because they always have great food um, too, it's just always like all around great. So I would say like being in Hamilton is one that's interesting um, and being, of course, by Durant, which I'm sure you'll talk about too. Yes. Um, because they have a beautiful selection. So just like getting back into the Ontario swing of things has been really fun and then um obviously link up then was has been probably the highlight of my year because it's i got to try so many incredible beers that were from breweries we loved for a cause that mattered very much to us yes. which is to increase the diversity of craft beer specifically with targeting the workforce so and you'll yeah. see why once we get into like exactly what the the future of uh craft beer and stuff and you'll see why the mission of Link Up is even more important, like in that context, mm -hmm. which is super cool. Yeah. So I was going to mention a lot of those things too. Yeah. I mean, look, the first, we moved to Hamilton at the end of July. So that's when we had like seven months in Quebec and, and uh, the rest here. Mm -hmm. And for Quebec, we didn't really do what I enjoyed this year or last year. Um, we didn't really get out much in 2021. Didn't really do anywhere. We just like laid low basically mm -hmm. the whole time. Ah, you rang Lalo. Huh? Look at that. Shout out to Lalo. Respect. Uh, so they, basically for us, we got back out there. 
Yeah. Um, the first place we went to drink was Poincaré, the beer bar in Montreal after the Justin Bieber show in February with Rich. That was great, yeah. That was just like, it was such a good feeling to get back out. It'd been almost two years. Uh, no, we had been places, that's not true. But like we hadn't really been out there a lot. So it just felt really good to go back out Yeah. Um, after a while. And uh, so that was really cool. Um, so discovering that place and I went, we went there a few times yeah. in the end because we loved it so much. Like took my cousin uh Dan from Australia was here. We took him up. This is when we sat on the rooftop, right? Yeah, that was yeah, beautiful. That was lit. That was so gorgeous. Such Montreal a, is really sick. Such a great place. Like yeah. Montreal really had some great beer bars. Um, so that was really cool. The other place, I mean, going back and seeing the Sorum, how much that changed. That was super impressive. Went there for my birthday. Yeah. Um, that was just really dope. They'd really grown the space, like way bigger than we remember with the kitchen, all these other things. Yeah. Super impressed with that. And Silo, we also went for my birthday, which I love. First time there. Oh, yeah. Hung out with JP. Silo was awesome. Yeah, Silo was great, man. I just I really fell in love with like the Luca Paws this year or 2020. Stop saying this year. Like 2022. <laughs> like that was something that was really big deal for me. When we hadn't seen our friends in Toronto for a while, we went to Godspeed. That was my first choice because and all I do was just drink Luca Paws all night and they had their own beers. They even had some Ildegard, um when we were there too. So I've really been into like Crispies which was, you know, just a really big part of the year for me. I enjoyed that a lot. And then around that time, we had decided to move here. Mm -hmm. And then we rediscovered Durand, which is a uh, cafe and bottle shop in Hamilton that we'd been to before. And I realized that they had the best beer fridge I've personally ever seen, particularly Kong. Mm-hmm. Barrington's here just chewing away. And we always got to double check because he eats everything. He eats everything. He's the everything. best boy though. Yeah. So Duran was like a big deal. Not only, I think I've said it on the pod before, but you know, Chris, the owner had helped us discover neighborhoods mm-hmm. in Hamilton, which was like really, really important cool. for us. Yeah. And then um, he also helped, uh, he was just like, you know, I tr- you know, traded coffee beans with him. He, you know, I, you know, I got some beers from Quebec and I had some extras. So I traded him those, you know, just became like a, a dude I talked to pretty regularly. And, um, you know, he put beers aside. He really took care of me and stuff, which is great. So I was really able to get my hands on a lot of stuff. And then even because we were going back and forth, probably th- since mid-April, because mm-hmm. that's when we came, I think it was mid-April, yep. we came to suss it out to be like, do we want to live here? And then went to Duran, bringing back a bunch of stuff. We went back in May, went back in June. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I was like bringing a shit ton of stuff back. So then I started really to get a little more into the Ontario stuff that I knew I'd end up being uh, around a lot more. So whilst I had had Badlands beer a few years ago, um, I really got into really? this year. You went to Badlands twice or three times. This year, yeah, I think three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you out there. I, I hear you know, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah. So we went to, no, we had Troy on the pod. That's what happened. We did a three banger of pods. We did Badlands, Barncat, and Willibald uh, earlier in the year with Nate. Yeah. And that was really good because I'd obviously had all their beers before, but really discovering talking to the guys and I really understood them all a lot more. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, getting basically all the new Badlands releases, which was great. And of course, Third Moon as well. So that was really good to be able to get easier access to all that stuff. Otherwise, I'd have to get favors or blah, blah, blah. It's a whole ordeal. So that has been really good for me because I really, those are my two favorite breweries, really. About Badlands and Third Moon, so that's been really fun. Discovering them, you know, we went oh, yeah, to Badlands. I went to Third Moon for the first time too. That was on my first trip. Yes, you went. Yeah. I'd only been once before. Yeah. There's a pre-tap room, I think, too. Yes. Oh, no, the no, they had it. We went in the anniversary, so around May. Yeah. 
Uh, so that was super cool to do that. We never went back. We still have to go back as a problem. We've just been so hectic. We need to like, we're going to go. There's so many places on our list of like, you know, we're going to need to go hang out at Willowbold and eat. We need to go to Alora and eat. We need to go to um, Third Moon, actually hang out in the tap room, blah, blah, blah. So bunch, bunch of stuff there to do. What else do we do? Uh, we, I discovered Sun and Hill probably this year, which was a real big thing for me. Love mm-hmm. them. Once again, Crispy's a lot and Callum's a champion. They did link up. Um, so that was really big. I love that. I know there's a lot of things. We went to Sankiem for the second time yeah. in September for their Oktoberfest and actually met them in person for the, even though we've been talking for two years plus, um, which was great being that they're our business partners in link up. We never actually met in person except for Chris, obviously. From oh, yeah. I always forget that because we spent so much, I feel like it feels like we, we just, did so much FaceTime together. I always kept forgetting that that was the first time we saw each other in physical, in a physical form. It was super yeah. cool. Right? Yeah, it was great. They're just the loveliest human beings and super generous and, yeah. and um, just awesome. So that was really, really cool to hang with. You know, we stayed with Jacob and Danielle, the owners of uh, Sankiem and just, uh, you know, had a great time. They treated us like gold, of course. So that was a lot of fun. Um, what else did we do? So that was one of probably the first thing that was that we went back to Quebec for the first time and did that trip in our own car, yeah. which was interesting. Uh, we didn't do any other breweries out. He just swung by tooth and nail to pick up stuff. Um, interestingly enough, so Nate, obviously you guys all know Nate. He's in Ottawa, but his parents are in Burlington. So he's been out here a bunch. So I've seen him more in person in the last five months than I had probably in the past three years, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. And his parents, have, you know, he would get beers for me there. I get beers for him there. His parents do pretty regular trips, even if he's not coming. So I'll drop stuff at his parents' house. They'll bring stuff back for me. Blah, blah, blah. So that's been really nice as well. So I've been getting hold of a lot of beers that maybe I weren't really, you know, getting a lot of Tooth & Nail, Dominion City, just things that Nate's had access to that are just local to Ottawa, which obviously are killer. And um, so that's been cool. I feel like I've just been getting a different array of beers than before. And particularly, he's been getting Quebec stuff for me. Because now I'm like not, I can't just walk down the street and get it. So he's been doing pickups for me for uh, Quebec stuff, which has been great. And then Duran has so much fire selections for you to trade. Yeah. Look at that. And, yeah. uh, you know, one it thing that did change, nicely. it worked out really well. So I'm yeah. still getting a lot of the stuff. I mean, one thing that changed uh, in 2022 for, you know, I guess a lot of creators that the, the the sort of the beer PR seemed to slow down like significantly. Oh my gosh, no free beer? I know, right? Sorry. I know we joke, we joke about it all the time because some people think, right? How, how? <laughs> Do you know I learned still from this industry? Yeah. I never <laughs> heard people were like, oh, calling if you give shills. anything a positive review, you're a shill. Right? Um, but yeah. So wild. <laughs> people had no clue. So I'm sure those people are very happy or they start to, no, do you know what? They still accused us of someone, I deleted the comment. Someone commented in French on the, we do every year, people might be familiar, we did the top 10 Quebec uh breweries in the top 10 ontario so as of recording we're doing the ontario this week with nate and i do the quebec one in mid-december with uh maddie and noah Mm -hmm. and they um someone commented and said all the ones that make it to the top 10 are the ones that give us free beer like really bro that's that's still coming up that's not true yeah for for comparison in all of 2022 i probably Mm -hmm. got more packages in one month in 2021 than i did for the entire year of 2022 and that would go for everybody I've spoken to. So it seems to have slowed down a lot. And I think that's just an offshoot. Things we're about to talk about. And that's where I kind of want to mention mm-hmm. it. Um, wanted to bring that up because it's sort of indicative of where the industry is at right now. Like they're not doing maybe the spending on marketing in that way. They're yeah. doing it in other ways. Maybe they've 
some have, you know, there's some that come out, but it's sort of, you know, maybe people have a relationship with, I can't even really think right now. Mm-hmm. Or some people just still do it. Maybe the larger breweries yeah. are doing some packs and stuff, but uh, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just been, it's been a really good year. I mean, I had a lot of great beers, a lot of great breweries, uh, a lot of interesting stuff coming out. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was, it was a killer year. There wasn't anything that sort of was like trash. Uh, there's some breweries that really like, you know, dominated and just really went ahead. And yeah. there's others that kind of were doing good. And I feel like it dipped a little bit. I won't say any names or anything because yeah. everyone's doing their thing. And it's a part of the game. It's craft yeah. beer. People have dips and ebbs and flows. Anything and that's your business ownership. Business ownership, but also like but the uh, industry too. Creati- creativity and um, mm-hmm, the way that things go. Yeah, the industry's in the strange Scaling place. Scaling and all that type of stuff. Ingredient in, costs. Yeah. Uh, changes in personnel, particularly if you think, you know, the brewer is pretty important to a brewery. So, you know, so overall, definitely really happy with beer. I feel like I've changed the styles that I'm mostly passionate about that I'm drinking a lot more. It's crispy. Now, beforehand, it was all that innovation, the craziest shit. Yeah. But now I'm more into crispies, barrel aged, like bourbon barrel aged stouts a lot. Uh, West Coast IPAs. Yep, Big Beer Wednesdays, mm-hmm. and uh, don't want to discount the barley wines. Yes. And okay. um, West Coast IPAs. Okay. Obviously Hayes too, but like that would be the different stuff mm-hmm. that have really come in. Like I've barely had any smoothies all year, mm. I would say. Aside from the collabs and stuff we did, we did a couple of smoothie collabs, which was super fun. Yeah. But um, with Kanawaki, Shasta Drew. But the, yeah, I feel like that's just really merged. I noticed Nate was saying the same type of thing and- I don't know if it's like fatigue of the crazy shit and it just comes back to like just well-made. Yeah. Not necessarily classic stuff, but just well-made stuff that doesn't do too much. Like I would take a plain Imperial stout, preferably bourbon barrel aged, but whatever, Mm -hmm. over like a crazy pastry stout with a million things. Yeah. They're just a little much for me now. And I just find that I'm preferring something a bit more straightforward same with the crispy boys west coast IPA is a straightforward yeah trying to find the best ones we did a great episode a few episodes back um i can't remember which one it was but go check it out it was, it was we drank some great stuff and really got nerdy about west coast so that's what i the direction i went in yeah for uh for the year so curious to see where it goes this year i have no real predictions because that's what i'm into so i'm going to keep Following yeah, that path, it doesn't seem like so far. But you would know better if something is like popular towards the end, like in Q four, that you see spilling over into like Q one. That's a good question. You know where I felt like before there was like something that's hype, or and then like of course it's spilling in, and you're wondering is it going to be as hype next year? But I don't really feel like there's something that's like overly hyped. I feel like it's always been something every single year though. It was like mm. the smoothie, and then it was like murky hazy or whatever like really hazy then there was the um what's the beer that was like the champagne brute brute was like a huge thing even though it came fast in and out pretty fast but you know i always felt like there was like this thing that was happening every time um yeah you know i don't i don't feel i don't feel unless yeah are you seeing that and i'm missing it or i think you've also that ties into one of the points we're going to make about the future of craft beer i think that maybe innovation wasn't at the forefront of people's minds staying afloat was yeah so when you peep when the industry is struggling when they're coming off a two two and a half year um situation where they were they had unpredictable economic and social uh what's the word situation where Mm -hmm. you know you never knew what could happen you could be shut down predicament, yeah. uh, whatever the word is. Yeah. Um, you could be shut down this week, 
and you could be back open for then, but 50%, blah, blah, blah. Like all of these things. This goes for every brewery in the world, not just in our region. Yeah. So it's like, I think from that reason, they, they, it wasn't what people were thinking about. They just yeah. didn't, like it wasn't. It wasn't a priority. Important. That's interesting. It carries through everywhere. Yeah, that, that's yeah. my guess. Yeah. Um, and then the things that they did innovate in, we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah, maybe a brewer can tell us otherwise, but it just doesn't feel, because obviously when you're talking to other brewers, you'd understand how people are feeling. But yeah, I just we didn't feel like this time was like massive innovation, hype stuff, get the get the hype boys up and hype boys and gals up and ready, you know? It didn't yeah. feel like that this time, which I think is interesting. No. So, and yeah, indicative of probably what we'll discuss. I'm going to open my um, beautiful. Can we do? Uh, while we start talking about the future of craft beer, it's a perfect time to yeah. open my non alcoholic Libra craft beer. It's an IPA. They're called Upstreet, the actual brewery. Yes. Um, do you want me to do the up close filming of this one while you pour it? Just take, take a, a shot. Take a photo? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Let's get a nice uh, photo. Yes. We did, had him on the pod. We had the brewery, uh, the brewer, co founder brewer, um, Hoagie on, and um, he was talking about that a lot. And we're huge fans of Libra. And it all started, they just oh, sent that's us. That's what happened. I was Let like, why is yeah, my yeah. thing hurting me? It was my nails were so. Let me get it. Yeah. Sorry, I need to. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, from. It's because they're so uh, thick. Nail, getting your nails done problems, guys. You know the vibes. Right. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get this nice photo. But yeah, these guys are just really do some uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, look at that with the Christmas tree in the background. You see the vibes. Yeah, why does it keep whiting out? Lots of light happening. It's okay. Got it. Let's go keep tapping on it every time. Oh yeah, you see that? Yeah, but these these guys are based in uh, PI Prince Edward Island for uh, for those who ain't here in Canada. Oof. Beautiful. And they, um, yeah, man, they just do some real solid stuff. So we, we want to explore a little more this year, I think, as far as the uh, different types of um, yeah. NAIPA. So that's an IPA, sorry, specifically the one you had before was the Pale Ale. Yeah. It used to be a hazy IPA and they just changed it back to an IPA. That's what I thought. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. When we did the pod, they didn't uh, have it? that. No. Okay. So before we get into that, I think the other thing I want to talk about was LinkUp. So LinkUp, obviously, for people who aren't familiar, it's our nonprofit uh, where we focus on diversifying the craft beer industry, both through the workforce and otherwise. And, uh, you know, we've been in operation now probably about a, just over, just under a year and a half publicly, like since we launched. And um, it was really great. This 2022, we did three collaboration series. So they last for six weeks a piece. We have one different beer dropping each week with a different brewery. All the beers are called Link Up. We have no say in the beer itself and in the label art. So it's always fascinating to see what happens. Sometimes they tell us, sometimes they show us a label. Most times they don't. So super fun. Um, and uh, this year the th we had... Series two, three, and four. So series two was in, it feels like forever ago, but it was in January it started. And that was when we it's had- pretty forever. Don't remember. <laughs> it's pretty forever. Like yeah. overhop, fine balance. I'll have to look. I'm not going to, you want, if you want to go through all of them. I'm yeah. Okay. Those. I won't even, maybe I won't. But <laughs> mostly Ontario and Quebec breweries um with the last I can, one i can i'll list them off yeah do you, do you want to do it yeah if, is it uh, on the, oh yeah it's on the thing so start with overhop so it'd be january so here's uh, january. 2022. okay perfect okay so we have um overhop yeah love you guys uh then we have 
Brian Ballads. Brian Ballads. Why is it like this? Show me. Well, they took the photo. I just did the share. Oh, I know. Here. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So we have Overhop. Then we have Blood Brothers. Then really? we had Nickel Brook. That's in the first series, wasn't it? Oh, is it, is it the summary? If you get the summary one, that one. Yeah. Overhop, oh, yeah. Blood Brothers, no Nickel Brook, Katorjin uh, or Four Origins, uh, Matron, and then Kanawaki. Oh, I'm confusing the series. See, it's too hard if you try the thing. There's You're a right. lot of beers and a lot Sorry, of guys. Um, so yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, and that was then great. series three, we had uh Brasserie Urbane, BG. BG. As we call them, Fine Balance, Bell Woods, Represent, Lost Craft, it was great, Warshack, and uh Les Boss Public. These are all such great people. Man, this all the is way fire. Yeah. All these lists are incredible. And then we ended off with Willibald, Foam Brewers, Alora, Mascot, Toltec, and we um and Son and Hill, who Craig mentioned earlier. Fire. Just a really beautiful roundup of people and just amazing. Great breweries. Just, yeah. Very, very so cool. Awesome. Um, so many breweries that are so esteemed. Uh, it's an honor to have them involved um, and uh, to participate in the program. They all really care, all of them. They yeah, just, yeah, and, yeah. You know, a lot of them put us on to other ideas. You know, Andrew from Fine Balance put us on to a employment agency in Kingston that we're talking to to see if we can get in with them. Um, the guys at Foam have a few other ideas. They even did merch, and the merch was killer. Um, so impressed with the quality so of that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and they did it in a similar, like just oh, happened sure, to be. I should my link up shirt. Yeah. That's okay. Didn't Next even time. think about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they did it in a similar way to that we happened to do it. It was just a coincidence. So it was great just, minds. Yeah. We really connected well, really strongly with them. Uh, huge fans. Um, what else did we deal with? Anyway, it was just really dope. And I was going to say the people. So we, we gave out a whole bunch. Of, I don't have the stats on me very easy to, to get, but like, I think now we gave out like six level twos and like 14 level ones. Mm -hmm. Most of that was last, was in 2022. And we've still got a few pending now to give out. We had to keep buying more of the, um, of the, uh, what's it called? Of the vouchers from Cicerone to get people educated we launched the plug our job board so if any breweries are listening any breweries anywhere we're going to be we're opening up to anyone if you have jobs you'd like us to post about please send them our way it's linkupbeer.org go check that out there's a contact form that'll just send send them directly to me or it's social at linkupbeer.org to get to me and we'll make sure that gets up so that's been really cool mm -hmm. Um, we launched our Link Up Got Bars tap program with uh, the Society Clubhouse in Toronto um, at their brand new bar. So huge shouts to Erica for really just believing in what we do and helping us out with this. So, you know, we got a tap made, tap handle made, and now there's a permanent tap in, uh, in the clubhouse. And um, they've been stocking all the Link Up beers. Right now, they know they have the Alora beer, and I'm pretty sure they're trying to get their hands on the rest because we had four from Ontario mm -hmm. this last series and they stocked all the ones from Ontario, the first, uh, series so three, great. which was when it basically timed out pretty perfect from uh, when we launched it. And she's going to help us move into, uh, you know, to, to get those into more bars around Toronto, Hamilton and beyond. And we can look into Quebec from there. So that's really cool. Um, and we're talking to a couple of colleges as well about um, scholarships, like brewery, brewery colleges mm -hmm. to do scholarships for BIPOC individuals as well, which is exciting. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that uh, we're looking to push in 2023 from that. But it was really cool, man. Like, it's none of us have run a nonprofit before. We yep. have no idea what the hell this is about. So we're just like, all right, fuck it. Let's just go with it. Figure and it learn out. Learn as we go. 
it's, it's been great. It's been really good. Yeah. So super proud of that. And thank you all for supporting. You know, the, the pods are really important to us. Like we really enjoy those conversations. Um, we've already locked in most of the breweries for series five, uh, which will be in the spring. Let's say fall, it's in the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if any breweries are watching once again, you're interested in getting involved in any of the series this year, give me a holler. I definitely would love to chat and uh, let you know how it all goes down. So um, we're excited. Yeah. It's good. You yeah. know, we've got money in the bank ready to invest directly in the people to help diversify the craft beer industry. And with that, we really want to talk about tonight. We just wanted to quick wrap up there of the year, but we want to talk about like where we see beer going in 2023. Mm-hmm. And we found a bunch of um, just articles and videos and stuff that kind of spoke to it. And then we're going to add our thoughts to it. Yeah. So the first one, I'm just going to pull this I up. I feel like it really came up as an inspiration from being recommended stuff on YouTube originally. Yes. You had yeah. one video. I had one that video I, and I was like, this is interesting. Which is not only about. because I feel like every now and then we just talk about changing drink habits and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now reports are coming out about like those habits and just trends all up. And then we're like, Hey, why don't we, look at all the research and just things that we're seeing and just talk about it. So obviously like we don't have insider knowledge about where craft beer is headed. No, It's just actually a conversation I think for us to have and also for other people to have or think about. And I'd also just be curious to hear what from everyone, like what are their thoughts? But yeah, that's just a real, it's just like a cool way to explore it because we haven't really talked about it that way. Not really. So much has changed now that we're in full post pandemic world. So officially. Officially, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll see. It's curious to see how things are moving on the other side as things change. And I want to talk about this stuff more because our number one, I don't know if we've said this, but our number one downloaded episode of all time was our episode 130 of the original series, The Business of Marketing Craft Beer. Mm-hmm. That was Tiff and I. And we actually put that up twice because we did the top 10 at the end of yeah. 2019, I think. I so that episode went up twice. So it's got more like exponentially more than all the other ones like to the point it's pretty ridiculous so i feel like people like to see this type of stuff and because we're in a marketing agency this is kind of what we do it's interesting just even though like you said we don't have insider knowledge no mm-hmm. not if anyone really does to about uh, yeah. where shit is going yeah if no one knows like that. the people who are doing the serious analytics more even more right like which is trend reports and really like which is what start. we started pulling up yeah. yeah so you found a video and then yeah. that inspired the rest and then uh, it happened to be that we found a whole bunch of other yeah it was like we had a hypothesis or whatever we had a question that we posed and then there was so much evidence coming out about like or or information about like other people talking about this and trends that are happening exactly right so the first thing I'm going to summarize here, and I'm just pulling it out because it's just a bit easy. So the Ontario Craft Brewers Association, the OCB, they did a Canadian uh, a, a report from the Canadian Centre for Economic Analysis, and it highlighted the positive economic impact of Ontario's craft beer sector. So here are a few just numbers, and I just thought here I started writing it down. I'm like I'm just copying it down. Let's pull this yeah, fucking thing. <laughs> so they found that over 31,000 Ontario households are supported by the craft beer industry and employment in Canadian-owned breweries increased nearly sixfold over the past decade. It's pretty crazy, 31,000 households. That's amazing. Um, The craft beer industry in Ontario, this isn't even Canada because it's the OCS. I don't even know how I remember. Did you find this to me? I can't OCB, remember. sorry. Oh, I think so. I think I got it on LinkedIn and forwarded. This is on LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm reading the summary. Yeah. This isn't even the report because I'm just like, this is the highlights. Like we don't have we yeah. to go that deep. So the industry in Ontario generates six hundred and eighty-five million dollars of economic activity annually. 
it employs seven. This is crazy. Seventy-five percent of Ontario brewery employees, so not just craft, like all breweries, representing only eleven percent of total beer volume. So. Yeah. Craft breweries do three quarters of all employees. That's in that, you know, all the rest is Molson, Labatt, Sleeman, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And they only do 11% of the volume. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. And, and, but not too surprising. So there's more people working in craft beer that does hardly anything. Which just shows why they're so much more important than big beer, because big beer, you likely import more from massive factories to the place where so like or everything's so automated that you need less employees or automated that you need less employees but <clears throat> when i think about it i'm like okay well they might just have like in terms of canada they could have like one random place in canada doing a bunch of beer why well, not like molson's in quebec or something like that for example there's um, one here too i oh, drove past it the other day oh, i can't remember where, where. In um, Hamilton or on the way to collingwood oh so yeah maybe sorry it's here like, being on Tor- toronto yeah okay toronto yeah so i was like maybe that's one part of it where it's just like the craft beer is really like the community and they're like hiring a bunch of people from the community yeah. or maybe they're more equivalent to like, remember when Jeff Bezos was building, I say Jeff Bezos, Amazon oh, was going to build in New York and there was like all these people who weren't even from New York in the first place. That so it's just it. like, it could be more of that situation happening. That's which a really is again the reason why supporting locals better. So true. Yeah. And uh, Ontario craft beer or craft breweries invested more than 500 million in Ontario in the past decade. Incredible. So if you think about that, that's pretty crazy. And also um, breweries uh, play a significant role in the Ontario tourism sector. It found that 5 million people visit breweries each year. I'm not surprised In Ontario, this is not Canada. Yeah. This is, these numbers were crazy to me because you really think the beer is small. Yeah. But there's 5 million people visiting breweries. I don't know where they get these numbers from. I'm sure there's some sort of, it can't be exactly accurate, but whatever. Maybe they use the POS systems to tie it to the credit cards. different sales or something. Credit cards are from different countries. That might be a way to do it. And there was, uh, of those 5 million, here we go, 1.8 million of them were tourists, which are people who travel 40 kilometers or more to a brewery. So us going to Badlands is tourism. Ah, interesting. Hey, it is. It's like 60K or some shit. Yeah. Uh, and they spend 10% more on average per trip than other tourists. So craft beer tourists are better because mm-hmm. they're willing to pay a premium for the product, which is also part of the next thing we're going to get into as well. Yeah. Um, and overall tourism activity at craft breweries generates $211 million in economic benefits, primarily in northern and rural economies. If you think about it, that's true because a lot of breweries are not in the major cities. Yeah. And uh, it's an outsized impact in those communities. So, mm-hmm. like a community I think like Alora mentioned now, something like that. Laura said their brewery is big. As a great example, yeah. Willowbold in Air. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about Milton because it's kind of more of a suburb of a third move. I know Caledon has uh, Badlands and Sonnen Hill. So yeah. there's two breweries there that are very highly regarded. So yeah. think about all the places that we've gone that we never would have gone if it wasn't for craft. We talk we about it all the time. Just talking about it though. We're like, wow, we've learned like different geography because of craft beer. Yeah. yeah. And, and places that we would never have even considered going because there's yeah. nothing else for us there. And then yeah. you start appreciating new places. I never even had Colorado in my vision of anything. I'm saying that's a huge state. And I never yeah. even had them on my map at all for like places I would have gone. And beer brought us to like seven states, seven cities there. Yes. Yeah. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, and what else? This um, And also the, this particular report called The Significance of Craft Beer to Ontario's Economic Ecosystem, which is a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it also talks about the barriers to growth and importance of implementing the expansion of Ontario's beverage alcohol system in a way that prioritizes brick-and-mortar breweries, which is 
uh, strange thing, but sure, because then that discounts the contract breweries, which are still providing employment and providing tax dollars and contributing to craft beer, and with almost all of them have an aim to have a brick and mortar place anyway. But whatever. Yeah, well, but I see what they're saying. It is important, so it's actually important for a contract brewers to but get the money them needed from this to become brick and mortar. Correct, but they're yeah. excluding them, and a lot of brick and mortar breweries were craft one uh, where contract yeah, brewers yeah. so like i can uh, see though other that conversation, a, a contract brewery may employ less people than a brick and mortar but less because people? if you do contracting mm-hmm. it's like if i'm if i'm doing contracting that place i'm contracting at already has the employees mm-hmm. so i'm more so it is less have the people that are more running around to sell the beer and market it and all that stuff correct but not the same as like a full yeah, if I'm full but it shouldn't. I don't think it should be discounted from any no, it benefits because no, it's no contributing it be. to those other positive numbers. Yeah, of course. No, so why should they be? Except anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Con- yeah. Kettle of fish, as they say. But it's saying the report estimates that even modest changes in Ontario's regulatory and tax framework, which is probably LCBO bullshit, mm-hmm. would result in the following benefits over the next decade. So $2.35 billion more in additional economic activity, 1,000 more jobs in craft brewing and related industries, and $380 million in increased capital investment. So that's yes. really positive if you think of it, uh, once again, just talking about Ontario, whoops, wrong one. Yeah. which is kind of wild. So that was super interesting. That was the first part, as far as you know. This gives you a bit of a picture. Just we stumble. I don't know if a a report exists for Canada or BC or Quebec or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd like to see an overall Canada one. That would be pretty interesting. But either way, this gives you an idea. If this is what it is for Ontario, imagine what it is for you know other different places as well as everything combined. So the other piece that I got here. Um, here we go. So the, the video we were talking about before, so it was a video on like CNBC or something like that. And, um, it was mostly, it was called like, is Budweiser no longer the king of beers or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I watched it kind of just with the captions on while you were recording videos earlier. I actually watched it a few weeks back, but I just kind of skimmed through it to get a few points. So basically, um, Bud and their main domestic brands, all the sales are dropping overall. Yeah. Um, and uh, AB InBev even dropped the Super Bowl alcohol rights for 2023. And I think- Yeah, which is, that's huge. So like they've had it for decades. Yeah. So that opens opportunities for other breweries. Very likely (laughs) the only people who can afford it are the other- (laughs) Massive. Massive macro brands. So it's not that much of a big deal. And it's even worth it. But I think it's the fact that just maybe they're not getting enough out of it. Yeah. Like from the ads to the sales inside or whatever. Yeah. Um, but they are seeing um, could also be that they are shifting their marketing a little bit because football is very targeted to a specific demographic. And that's exactly right. And when you think about it, if I'm selling not just craft beer anymore and I'm selling other things, I could probably disperse my funds in different areas than spending like what must be $5 million, if not more on an ad. At the Super Bowl. Plus the rights to sell the alcohol exclusively in the stadium. Yeah. Which I think is what, what this is about yeah, too, right? But, yeah, yeah. So I think you're 100% correct there based on what they're saying. They also said um, they're seeing growth in other segments. Yes. So that okay. is that. Yeah. And obviously, a lot, you know, you see there's Bud Light seltzers they dropped. Um, they bought, I think, is it the, they bought Angry Orchard, the cider company or whatever, a few mm-hmm. years ago. So like they're definitely doing... You know, th- their eyes are looking at other things. Yeah. 
they what they sold in 2022 as far as the revenue was less than the, what it was in the 1980s. So like it's down. The beer, even for them, is trending downwards. So if you think about that, in the 80s, they had a higher sales revenue. Yeah, which is than really last nuts. Year. Yeah. Uh, beer now in 2022 is 45% of the US alcohol market. In the 80s, it was 60%. So overall, just beer has dropped for whatever reason. And uh, even include AB InBev put their prices up, whereas that's something else we're going to talk about as yeah. well that a lot of the craft brewers didn't and don't feel they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, beer is, has been more expensive over time than liquor, they said. So over time, beer has gotten more expensive whilst liquor has gotten cheaper. Mm-hmm. Not really. They didn't specify why. It could be, you know, hops. You know, I don't think much change in liquor production. I really don't know that much about it. But if not much change in liquor production, only the grains, it's really just grains and the distilling process from what I understand. You know, beer has multiple... You know, the hops uh, have become a big thing and they're very expensive. Um, so And they keep going up in price too. So mm-hmm. that could be it. Uh, premium beers are growing faster than the domestic stuff. This is all about AB and Bev, by the way, if I didn't say it. So like Stella uh, and Michelob Ultra are the two best sellers now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess Stella would be considered premium. I guess maybe it's price point or whatever. Um, and they believe beer is just a part of an overall beverage strategy or the beverage industry. So mm-hmm. instead of being just a brewery, they're now beverage businesses, mm-hmm. which is our real big Did point. Did they officially change their, change their something? The name or something? No, because I guess they're always... AB uh, and Bev, since they, like they, they merged a million something times. something in there, yeah. But um, yeah, I thought they changed something which really showed. I have to look at that later. That was really showing like the, hey, we are about the... The beverages don't just think of us as beer like make sure you know i'm not sure what you're thinking about but maybe there was something specific that you saw but that's exactly it makes sense that it's just showing like beer is not the number one priority for them anymore and i feel like a lot of craft breweries are kind of echoing that which once again we'll get into with our sort of predictions and stuff for, for next year for this year um so obviously the the summary there the craft beer is trending downwards it's not really going up there's other categories that are cannibalizing beer uh, a lot of these companies, uh, large and small, are moving into other different mm-hmm. beverages. Um, once again, we'll get into that in a sec. So that's really interesting. Another thing that's kind of along those lines, we saw a lot of mergers and acquisitions last year. Yeah. So I, I basically, I had a few of them that we wrote down already. We found pieces about, and I went through and Googled it and found these are just some of the ones that I even knew who they were. There's yeah. some like random ones in like Wisconsin and shit that I didn't know what they were. So Carlsberg bought Waterloo Brewery in Waterloo, mm-hmm. Ontario. Uh, Bose and Steam Whistle merged. Yep. Silversmith in Ni- Niagara-on-the-Lake bought Black Oak in Toronto. Did you know that? Okay. So Black Oak was this, if it's the one I'm thinking of. So Black Oak, there was this one that used to make beers from like the fucking 1800s. Okay. They, it was really weird. Yeah. Um, I kind of feels right for Silversmith. I was thinking of them in that church. And, uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of, but then Black Oak might be somebody else. And they okay. could have just done it and they just kill the brand and then take the space. Yeah, take the space. Which is yeah. fair. Yeah. Uh, Maui Brewing bought Modern Times. Whoa. Yeah. And that was only in the last few months. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Cellar Maker, which is the one we went to in San Francisco with Em and, uh, yeah. and Homeboy. Uh, they bought Rare Barrel in, uh, I can't remember where they are, but they're also in Cali. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty good one because that's craft by craft. Yeah. So that was an interesting one. Same as uh, Silversmith. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if Maui Brewing is macro or not because it didn't say Maui's parent company, AB InBev bought them. Yeah. It was like that brewery. So that could be a good thing. 
Uh, Heineken bought the remaining sh- uh, stake in Beavertown in the UK. Okay. Because they, it was kind of like when uh, fast, that, um, founders, founders yeah, yeah, with Mahu. Fosters. <laughs> well, same shit. It's an M. Yeah. Uh, F. Hang on. Yeah, F. I can't even. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> Sapporo bought Stone Brewing in Cali, which is super interesting. Wow, that's very interesting. Which okay. was a big one. That was a big one. Stone was huge. Yeah. That was like one of the first beers I think we drank when we went there or something. We didn't go we to Stone. We... Oh, no, oh it was. Yeah. That was. Yeah. We went to San Diego. Yeah. We didn't go there. We should have gone, but because uh, Stone do some great stuff. Yeah. Um, Harpoon, their parent company, which I didn't hadn't heard of, but whatever, Harpoon in uh, Boston bought Long Trail in Vermont. Uh, New Belgium and Bells merged. Whoa. Which is crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. I forgot, I forgot about all this stuff. Wow. And uh, Monster Energy Drinks bought the Kanaki Collective or Kanaki, whatever. Yeah. And they were the ones. Hey, you, I remember them from, from the- From um, GABF. From GABF. They were with those dudes from the wow. sponsor. That, that company yeah, that sponsored yeah, yeah. us. And yeah. we were standing with them next and to that And they were this thing. huge collective. Oscar Blues. Yeah. Um, wow, say, Monster's three getting into craft bunch. beer. So that's interesting, eh? Interesting. So that means they're getting into beverage. So that Beverages. shows a non-beer- beverage company yeah. getting into beer and i think coke in australia coca-cola bought a craft brewery as well i forgot who it was but a bolter i think they have by bolter so i forgot about that that was a couple of years ago it's really just showing exactly what we we're just talking about with ab InBev there where it's like it's not one thing it's like we're gonna do many it's just we are we're doing beverages mm-hmm. and because it's not enough for beer and it's like unless you're already even the big guys who dominate the space if they're diversifying yeah it almost shows you don't have a choice yeah it's like you should technically when you're thinking about like how when you're looking at trends like look at what the big guys are doing because that can kind of guide you obviously they have a lot more data than maybe a smaller team does Mm -hmm. so it's like you look to see where they're going because that could kind of show something about the market that you may not know yes but then even just seeing all these there's something obviously happening where these breweries are merging together or selling one. So that's huge. And the fact that beverage companies are also trying to like take them in, Mm. which makes me, when I think about actually like if we could just go to like someone like collective arts, what they're doing is very smart because they're selling so many different things now. I was about to bring that. Were you going to? Yeah. Cause I was like, it seems like. That's the next point. Okay, great. That's where things kind of need to shift in. Like, is that happening? Because it's just like, yeah, the drink trends are changing the way people drink. I'll say for sure my drinking habits have changed 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Like, anyway. I consumed so much more beer than I do now. So, yes, this year, I feel like in 2022, you drank the least beer I've ever drank. It's the least beer, beer, I've, ever yeah. the least beer I've ever drank. It's like- Why I, do you think that is? Uh, it's so calorically dense. <laughs> One, it's like calorically dense and I had a bit of fatigue. I was like fatiguing myself already on like when we were traveling and we're having all these like big IPAs all the time, yeah. all the haze, all the stuff. I started like fatiguing out and then I started enjoying like Pilsners and all that stuff. But then it's kind of like when you're drinking beer as well, it's like you could drink a lot of it. It's a lot more calories. I was trying to be like more health conscious because of like during COVID, we were just drinking and doing yeah. all these things all the time. So that's kind of, and then like the non-alcoholic beer started kind of tasting better, which I was liking too. 
not better than beer, but like tasting better. Before I felt like I tried non-alcoholic beers, yeah, and I was we hated disgusting. it. Disgusting. Like, oh, like, Libra converted, I say. Yeah, Libra, I believe, was one hundred. When they reached out to send it, I was like, oh, really? And then yeah, and then we were, we're like, like sure. whoa. Like, oh, so it's like oh. I still I love beer for sure and I love it. It's just yeah, I noticed that I don't go to it as often as I used to. Gotcha. Um, and then I also like when I started thinking about like Parc Chileur, you know, in Quebec, you yeah, know, yeah, called yeah. the Chileur. Um, I loved that these cans started popping up. Again, it's that it's like the cans started popping up. So priority wise, and this is also just like who I am. Priority wise, I love wine. Wine is like my number one in life. And then I am like very much a spirits girl. So before when I thought about like hanging out and chilling, I wanted to bring beers to go chill in a park, for example, or bring beers to someone's house to chill. But then in Quebec, especially, they started all coming out with the cans that had like the mixers of like ready to drink, um, ready to drink. So pret a bois, they say there, um, or ready to drink, which is just like a beautiful gin and tonic in a can from a local distiller. So like of the problem before, it's like I didn't want anything from like Jack Daniels or something or whatever, you know, I wasn't interested in that. But then when it was like distilleries that I love that I was already buying their bottles, I'm like, oh, you're doing little cans and they make it so well because they just know what they're doing. Blue Pearl Distillery, for example. I think they're the ones that really got me in like the Blue Royale gin cans. I was like, oh, hello. And they're just cool ass people. And they're just really, really cool. So when I started seeing that, then that kind of became like, oh, that's my park drink because also it's like lower calorie a bit lighter you just like continuous drinking you don't think about it really as much and you know you just you just roll with it so i feel like that had a fact played a factor in and it's just like ramped up since then there's just so much coming out i just feel like i had to catch up with all of those ones coming out and that kind of brought me into there then they started doing the wines in the can i was like oh you're giving me wines in a can and again it was my favorite wineries yeah yes yeah i saw them in new york and then i was in new york i was drinking them but like here they didn't really have them bring them back Yep. And then all of a sudden, like, yeah, Rosewood started coming out with Back 10 has an amazing one. But wineries just in general started coming out. There's another winery in Prince Edward County that had oh. great ones. H- oh, um, H- um, Huff. Huff. They have such killer yeah, wines again. So do you see? So I'm like, I'm reading this and talking about these things and, be, and seeing that, like, I am that person yeah, that is I like pulled not pull, it's not pulled away but it's like my habits did change and i started going into different categories okay seltzers as well but in general we know that post-covid so many people have become slightly have become more health conscious because we dove so deep in during the the dark the dark period yes. the dark times which so, we like can give more wine to be about that too. yes yeah. so that's interesting that that you have like that was one factor among many mm-hmm. so you mentioned that and i think this is the main thing there are a lot more competitors or segments competing for beers lunch as such and that's actually what i just realized so that's exactly that's exactly what i just said yeah, that, i was just like oh all these perfect. things started coming in and i was like yeah. oh well i want to try this and i want to try this and i want to try this so i was like i kind of get it i've been drinking the craft beers and the cans and going and doing these things i know i get the vibe and I was like, I want to try what all these people are doing now. Yes. And the CBD in the cans. Love the CBDs in the cans. The list, yeah. 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 So the seltzers, the wine cans, ready to drink cans, which are like, oh, I don't know if we ever talked about it on the pod, but, you know, we grew up with those in Australia. Like they've, they're around forever. So it's really funny to me that like they never existed here. And all of a sudden everyone's losing their minds over this shit we had for like 40 years plus. Yeah. Which is cool though. I'm happy that it's here. Mm-hmm. The um, non-alcoholic beers. Which is why Tiff was drinking that tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, being super good. CBD and THC drinks. Obviously, that's legal. And there have been a lot of uh, really fun stuff coming out. Um, craft sodas even. 
Yeah. Like breweries are doing sodas. Nickelbrook like, has great ones. Nickelbrook's, uh, their root beer and their ginger beer. Yeah, and their so root beer good. is so good. Yeah, the ginger beer is so good. I love the ginger beer. The ginger beer because of the meals yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And uh, uh, City Salsa from Dominion City, phenomenal. That whole range of stuff is incredible. Uh, I don't know if it's called it a soda. It's more like flavored sparkling water. But what that is, too, um, flavored sparkling water. Just the water in the can. What's Bellwood, that? sparkly water. Yeah. Uh, um, the aqua from Spearhead. Third Phenomenal. Moons, um, third Moon's Leviathan. Which, yeah, like I love that. Was that was our idea, by the way. Just oh, so nice. you know, idea. <laughs> like literally, I'm just like, this is just it in a can and I love this. I was yeah. like, this is fantastic. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, who has the other one? Oh, you said Ark. What, what's aqua? the one from? Spearhead. Yeah, that's that was the first one. Oh, that was that one's amazing because they'd send yeah. out their PR packs and they'd yeah. always chuck a couple of cans of the water. And we started, like, remember, we started being like, throw more of these, yeah, do more of these. I was yeah. one of the beer, give me like six of the fucking yeah, they're so water. Good. Yeah, uh, really impressed. And then uh, I even saw that Pabst is opening a cannabis beverage facility, so different ones. So you mentioned this was kind of a seg wicked segues here. You mentioned uh, Collective Arts. So Collective Arts have their distillery yeah. as well. They do all these fantastic gins and now in craft cocktails. Yeah. We just went to an event in November where they did um, uh, non-alcoholic cocktails mm -hmm. and beers. And first a league beer. of like really good non-alcoholic cocktails in a can. It's perfect. Yes, it's, it's really it's good. It's already smart to do the non-alcoholic beer. But if you're also, because something that was also popular in Quebec was that they had that option too. So there were these like 7%, you know, gin mixes in a can, but they had the NA options too. They all did that, good. which yeah. was really good. So yeah. that was the actual distilleries doing that. So yeah. um, Collective Arts moved into that. They have a uh, cannabis division. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they do drinks, but they, I think they're doing some sort of cannabis products. Mm -hmm. Like Ace Hill, their contract brewery that a lot of people don't seem to like too much, I guess, because they feel like a marketing company which I believe that's really just, they're just a company that does stuff that they really care about beer. Mm -hmm. But they moved into all different like mixes. Uh, I think, I don't know about seltzers, but like, you know, vodka sodas and stuff. Yeah, like, that's like a beverage company. They, and they do uh, cannabis gummies. I think they do weed, but, and they do the drinks. So I got their drinks and their gummies. The gummies are like, I'm a edible, weed edible connoisseur. I haven't had, I haven't smoked weed since 2009. It's only edibles. Mm -hmm. So that's like 14 years now. Best gummies I've ever had. They're oh, like nice. It's like a meal. They're thick. They're so good. Oh, like they're cool. so tasty. Like yeah. every other gummy is basically the same. Like what Ace Hill did with them. That's called Ace Valley. Phenomenal. That's and cool, uh, I was never really a fan of their beers, to be honest, but uh their cannabis stuff is A1. Nice. So impressed. Um, who else did it? Uh Town just started a cider company. I forgot the fucking name of it. I can check while you talk. Starts with S. Uh, Lost Craft, obviously, uh, they've been doing their Dejado uh, gin, no, tequila. They started a, I think it's called Lost Spirits, and they did um, some spirit lines. They've been doing the Dejado, like, and soda mixer. Uh, they were doing some other, they did, like, other cider, Rattler, all these different, like, Rattler's beer, um, cider and some other stuff, like, a while ago, like, probably before this. So they were already thinking like a beverage company. And then they bought High Park Brewery, so they merged the two companies. And so now they've just got all of these. They're a full beverage company, which I think is just cool as shit. Uh -huh. um, who else did it? Because we were talking on a pod with somebody about, like, you know, similar thing to what Dominion City did with City Seltzer, to be like, you know, you'd have to turn your alternative beverage into a full company. And a lot of them don't have the time, the space, the resources to do that. So it is a lot, particularly if beer is your primary thing and that's where all of your capital is invested in. Did you find it? Safe yeah. bet. Safe bet. Yeah, that's cool. 
So like they did that. I want to offer Jeff if he wants to do a pod about it and stuff to since I think it's only one. It's probably better wait to have a few different products. Yeah. Um so yeah, these are those are all the main things that are competing for beers market share. And that's your example was perfect just to show that where your beer drinking habits sort of slowly dissipated. Mm-hmm. Um like I probably drank fifty to six seventy beers versus like four hundred or something. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And also yeah. our lack of traveling probably didn't help. Yeah. Um, you know, and if I went to the breweries, like I, you came to Badlands with me once, but I went, oh, no, you came with me twice. Yeah, I came with the boys too. Yeah, with the boys. Yeah, true. I just feel like you don't come to the breweries as much, but you, well, you went to Fairweather. Yeah. Uh, out here and um, Grain and Grid and Merritt, like you mentioned, all the different places. So, yeah, we have been to a, you've been to a decent amount of stuff or but compared to previously, even me. Yeah, such a difference. It's nothing, but my yeah. beer consumption hasn't change personally yeah i'm starting to think how i can change it for this year i don't know what to do yet and we'll <laughs> i don't earlier. know what to do because <laughs> i have responsibility, well, responsibility. he's just saying like, to drink like, less his beer habits as in seeing where we could yeah where i can cut down and whether it's like do i cut down in volume or do i cut down the number of nights i drink yeah. like you know instead of drinking x number of beers per night do i have less yeah. than that or I mean, do you just i just cut one week one day off one day one week. Off. Yeah. There might be one way to do it because I don't know. I feel like I need to make some sort of change that and diet and uh, to do something mm-hmm. with regard to that. And I think so, that's an example of the health conscious where something yeah, where it's just, true. in the end, like, let's be straight up. It's just all alcohol, right? So it's like, not even for me, it's not even like drink, I drink less beer. I'm also trying to drink less in general, which means like if you're drinking less and you like to drink different things, you have to like, you know, balance all the things that you want intake, yeah. you know? So that's also something to consider, which I think impacts the brewing. The, the brewing industry. world, yeah, because people and are. And brewing in general at all. And that's probably why we see that teetering of beer de- sales declining. Yeah. Yeah. Even though, sorry, I wanted to bring up something. I was yeah, looking at the article when we were talking. Talk to me. Um, it was about that technically, although craft beer... Um, Although although beer consumption is reducing, still craft beer's popularity is staying mostly consistent, it seems. It seems. What's the metric to define popularity? So it's because it's a really long, uh, really long you article. You find another article? The, this is a, yeah, this is a new one that just came out a few days ago. Okay. Um, and it's about craft beer because we're talking about Canada. So I want to see if I could quickly find Canadian numbers. Cool. Um, so even though all the overall beer sales in whole are declining in Canada, this is just representative saying that Ontario is continuing to grow uh-huh. and they still have room for growth. And I wanted to, what something I thought that stood out behind this was that they were mentioning that more approachable beers are helping them get like the 19 plus people start to come in. Because people think of craft beer as this wild, crazy world yeah. where it's always been a bit of everything, mm-hmm. but now they're maybe marketing their more approachable stuff exactly. to a demographic to be like, hey, y'all, beer isn't all this crazy shit that you think it is. It's yeah. actually really refined, balanced, complex, tasty. They're saying that the variety and offering is like the key. 
So having that variety and within, more within the beer space. Yeah, within the for brewery, having the variety in there oh. is key to helping them getting new people in. Okay, because now when you say variety, you mean like having a wine offering. Oh, no, a variety of beer. Of beer, okay. Yeah. Because there's also that, but like say it would be great if people came, not all breweries can do that, but if they have the license, they would be able to have some other products. Yeah. That if whether they make it or not, like if you bring a friend, they hey, I only drink kind of whiskey, man. Do you have something like... You know, yeah. if they don't drink beer, like you want to give them something or the people won't come. Yeah. They so also said like, there's still a lot, a lot, a long, long way to go, which I think we all know. Yeah. So the real kind of like question in all of this is like, how can breweries step it up for 2023 and sort of really take the business to the next level? So it sounds like the number one way is product re... This is from an article that I... It was super marketing-y. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like tried to not make it overly marketing, but they, they called it product reinvention. So beyond beer offerings. Mm-hmm. So that's all the things that we were talking about earlier, uh, whether it's the di- diversity within the beer itself to make sure that you have a bit of everything for different people. Cause everyone always thinks it's crispy boys that convert people. I really don't think that's the case. I think yeah. there's so many other things convert people to beer rather than lagers. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's the fizzy beer that people don't like because that's what they think that's beer the is. That's standard one. So just because yeah. it's good doesn't mean they're going to like it. Yeah, Because it, it still tastes like there. fucking weird-ass beer that they don't dig. I used to think dad's beers stunk. I hated the smell of them growing up. I'm like, how do you yeah. drink this? Yeah. But it, what it smells like in a glass that's been sitting there is not the same as the yeah. experience. Anyway. Yeah. So product reinvention. So beyond beer. So making sure that they have um, all these different other things like collective arts all the things we just said collective arts did a great job you know even yeah. just town going into cider dominion with the sodas um, it makes sense because you're just expanding your market share and like yeah you're making it so that many people that's why like willibald has a has the willibald do it so good yeah. willibald a great example because they yeah. got the distillery they got huge seltzer i've actually never tried them but they mm-hmm. have like a million different flavors and apparently they're extraordinarily popular and really good. Yeah. So I'm not surprised because their beers are phenomenal and they have a great diversity within the beers. Plus the branding's A1 and we hear the food is great and Cam's yeah. telling us we've got to get our asses up there. So we'll- So it's also when you think about it and when you think about like what an average ticket price could be. So like average, average receipt that you would see come in from somebody. Yep. If you have those different offerings, that's going to increase the amount that you're able to get. Because say you're in our household now, for example, where you're like, okay, Tiffany's drinking less beer. If it's a place like Willowbald, you're like, you're doing your order. And then I'm like, yeah, throw in these for me too. Like get, get me, get, get me some seltzers, gin, get me get a some seltzers. It offers that. It allows you to expand in that way. And people love to just consolidate a lot of the time if they can. The general yeah. consumer consolidates more, not like you like a brand do all these things yeah the general consumer as opposed to like the beer consumer which by the nature beer, is yeah. diverse yeah they want diversity in their yeah. products as part of the fun even the people who own the breweries are beer consumers that's yeah. what, you know so yeah same shit so i think that's the main thing is product reinvention this year i think if you're not doing that in some shape or form even if it's like baby steps like you don't have to have a whole new brand like town has mm-hmm. or uh, collective arts are still like collective distilling so it's all kind of pretty obvious it's the same mm-hmm. company yeah. behind it all that is i think the main thing is going to really help you stay afloat and sort of keep you know even uh, uh maddie from rorschach mm-hmm. which sounds they have their free spirit non-alcoholic hazy ipa which is phenomenal nice. he said dudes will come in and just buying cases of the shit but if you look at bellwoods too right like i was Bellwoods is surprised a, when, you talk, when you mentioned the non it makes sense because they invent in their like that they did three game. bellwoods was a great example yeah. they did three in the last month i had or their sour yesterday i liked it yeah 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 they did three hazy ipas like v1 two and three of different hop 
blends and they did a sour, um, all non-alcoholic. We tried them all. Yeah. I thought they were great. The first one was the best in my opinion and the sour was really good. Yeah. And then they made a final one from it. I think it's called- Oh, nice. Was it called Stay Classy? I forgot the name. Yeah. Um, Stay Classy. Yeah. Which was they used in something else before. I think they took okay. the branding for like a low ABV, which okay. might have been like 2.5 and then they yeah. made it for their non-alc. Mm-hmm. But the point is the Bellwoods are moving into that as well. And yeah. it was really good. And it was fun to even try all the different ones. Yeah. Because we're into that. So I made sure I did the orders to get it because I was excited to try non-alcoholic beers. Like yeah. that's how much we're into it. Yeah. And they even were cool. They even gave a free shipping code. They were, hey, thanks for being a part of the trial, even though just a customer. Oh, it's not because cool. of BOS. Yeah, yeah. And they just gave a code for free shipping. So nice. got that unread in my email, picked that up for the next drop. <laughs> so product reinvention. Uh, another thing that was that I saw in a thing, they said you can beat marketplace congestion by aggressive distribution strategies. Mm. So obviously there's way too many breweries right now, like a lot of them emerging, a lot of them failing. Are there way too many? Or not enough people into it. It's probably that. Yeah. It's a different way to frame the problem. Yeah. I don't think there's way too many. I just think the they need to increase the market cap. That's um, a way to look at it. But yes, but continue on. Yeah, that's it. And they were just saying, you know, whether it's grocery stores, liquor stores, licensees, so on tap, mm-hmm. having strong sales team. That's to a get hard ask, though. It's a bit un- not not all unfair, of them not unfair I'm saying. But I mean, like, that is a hard ask because that's like you need to distribute way more. And like, generally speaking, having a ton of product is not always the greatest thing. Yep. If you can't move it fast enough, especially something that ages in the state in the way that beer does. So yeah, you know, it's not like a bunch of shirts you can produce and put somewhere at a high co- at a lower cost or something. It's like you yeah. got people need to drink it fast. So I understand what they're saying, but I feel like that's a tougher, better, easier done, easier said than done. In, in that one, that's like a bit riskier to take on because you would take on a lot of upfront expenses in order to even make that to do happen. that. Yeah. So and not and yeah and a lot of companies are just not going to be able to sustain that or even yeah. get to them where they need to get. So yeah. that was one thing they can do once again. And this even is some people don't want to go that far. And they don't want to go a different route. Come into one of the which, other points we talked about. You which always you know. I'm going to skip yeah. to it actually. Okay. Um, I called it, I just said like local love, like become your hometown favorite. Yeah. So beer is best fresh and people love to support local and use the above strategies, but get involved in the community. So sort mm-hmm. of do what you can to become that local brewery. Now, mm-hmm. some places have, the one local brewery, some places have a bunch. I was thinking town again. In Whitby, they got like four. Mm-hmm. So you might not be the local brewery, but you're going to be some people's local brewery. So mm-hmm. like get involved in the community. Like breweries like Fine Balance have their quarterly um, community thing that they do. And town the is great is one of them. at being part of the community though. Town has been really good. They, they have almost a lot of like look like they're have, Yeah, like, are this your company too? Because <laughs> I yeah. feel like they have like so many other things community that they get spaces. involved, community things that they get involved with where yeah. it almost seems like it's theirs. That's how much they promote other yes. things. Like it's very cool. Yeah. And the, the pride that people have in their local is super cool yeah and i think that getting involved in the community and really getting people bought in like you were saying before like there's like the typical consumer is brand loyal a lot of the time yeah whereas beer typically isn't but the people who are maybe loyal to the breweries are maybe the ones who aren't typically beer nerds but they just love they drink beer and they love their local brewery so that's my spot yeah i'm, I'm in this area this is my, my my spot i know the people know me those people, I think you need to embrace those and then widen that community. Mm-hmm. And then how can you widen that community a little bit more? Diversity. Diversity. Uh, can I? Can we go back to one thing here? Yeah, yeah, please. Before Sorry. we get into that, because is that your last point on there? No, there's still another one. Okay. Uh, which was the 
non-alcoholic stuff because okay. there's a whole new thing, which okay. is kind of what so we said. So then I do have another thing in here. And because when we're talking about local love in general too, and when we're discussing like distribution, there's another thing that breweries can do, but it's also as us as consumers in terms of supporting is like they should be able, it, things have gotten very, very expensive. And we know that when you go to the grocery store, all of us know, okay, I wasn't paying that much attention, but my mom yeah. keeps yeah. telling me. <laughs> and like the other day I did buy something individually and I was like, what, excuse me. I think it was like onions or something. And I was like, this is like $2. Didn't I pay 70 cents? So in the end, breweries are also paying way more for ingredients than they were before. But to my knowledge, and I couldn't find anything, it doesn't seem like the cost of craft beer is increasing at the rate that likely the ingredients are increasing, which would just mean their that. margins are decreasing, Yes, which means that's not going to help them thrive, much less survive. So it's like yeah. we also as drinkers have to show up. We have to let breweries, basically, I don't know how this works. But breweries need to, in my view, increase their costs likely. So that way they can increase their margins and complete, continue to do all the amazing things that we just saw in that report, you know, allowing them to basically, you know, fuel our homes, employ people, you know, like help our local communities. So there seems like there is going to have to be this correction that might happen to make up for the increasing cost of ingredients. That's just straight up. And yeah. salaries are going to increase. The cost of living is increasing, which means salaries are going to have to increase. And this is not the fault of anyone else, but it's a whole other conversation. But it's not the brewery's fault, right? It's not really our fault either, but it's just kind of like our lattes have gotten more expensive. Yeah. I know I paid like three fifty for lattes. They're like five ten or something now. But I just shut up and I keep buying the lattes because I really like lattes. So it's just going to be a thing that happens. And I just don't feel like I've seen the cost go up enough to counter what I see in the news in terms of how expensive things are. Yeah, I think that's fair. I can give you anecdotal evidence that without seeing names, because I don't know if people are supposed to say it. I had one brewery tell me that, that I think they said their costs went up like 30% and that's like hops, raw, raw ingredients, hops, malts. That's significant. Yeast. And they think it puts push their margins. If I'm not mistaken, I think they said five to 10% is the margin, which is razor thin for a brewery to expect be expected to make a living off yeah like because if you only got five ten percent you got to pay i don't know if that includes your employees even i and, and operating costs but either which way will eventually increase. which will yeah um and i've had another brewery brewer say to me that like basically that if they didn't feel that they could put their prices up unless the other people sort of close by did the same did thing, the same thing because enough. if they were putting if you know so you're, you know how brewers in like categories or whatever, like you have brewers that make similar beers, maybe put it that way, mm -hmm. that would be, you know, the same people would buy the same beers, similar, same styles from these different breweries. Like if one of them put the prices up, but the others didn't, it's going to just negatively affect potentially that, that brewery, brewery but mm -hmm. they want to put them up as a collective. But if not, everyone's down because they were saying that they don't think that the consumers could uh, handle it, not handle it but like shit's expensive enough yeah. beer is getting pretty damn expensive and you know could could people take another 25 50 cents a can on top of that when you know maybe you're already paying 25 30 dollar four packs for some of the hype stuff yeah like how are you supposed to do it? and they're the ones who cop it the hardest because they're putting 800 billion hops in each yeah, can. yeah anyone who's doing like these really like premium extreme beautiful beers or something mm -hmm. you notice a difference so yeah it's and i it, 
I'm sure that's hard to even, you know, like concede on or change where it's like you would have to change your recipe to accommodate it, which means you're not making the same type of art that made you popular, that made people love you and that affects your craft. So it's like in the end, as consumers, we would lose anyway if a brewery is not able to put up their pricing and then they have to sacrifice the quality of the ingredient in order for us to keep the price or close. So those are worst case scenarios. So I don't want any of us obviously to have to pay more in any category because life is becoming very, very expensive. But I do think as consumers, if breweries do decide at some point that they need to put their prices up and they have a way where they all come together and say like, this is what we need to do, then we have to support them. And maybe that just means you buy a little less beer than usual, but I wouldn't like shut them down or, you know, get on someone's ass about it. That's the nicest way I could say it's like, we all have to have compassion and understand because everything has gone up and it doesn't seem fair if craft beer doesn't go up as well. And the alternative is this, that they close because they couldn't meet, they're no longer become profitable and it doesn't make sense anymore. Yes. It's very problematic. And it's such a position, a shitty position for them to be in. No, for sure. And it's for everybody. Yeah. yeah, All the groceries, everything's going up. We just see like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it also probably would be beneficial. And, you know, like this is maybe voting and all these things are important because like probably tax benefits and all these things. Like if Ontario craft beer, for example, is making such a incredible impact economically on Canada, for example, as a whole, then what tax benefits should they see in order to make sure that they're able to continue to do that. When they already have some of the harshest tax requirements because of the LCBO uh, on them, at least here in Ontario, and I imagine everywhere else is just as bad. Yeah. At least in Canada. I can't speak to elsewhere, but yeah. So it's a bit of politics in there too, probably, in order to alleviate what's going on. But you have to see who's contributing the most. And, you know, we let Walmart do everything forever and like all the time. And, you know, like they, they, and that's a whole other conversation we know and we know that some people don't pay taxes we know all these things around it right we just have to really be careful to make sure if we did see that messaging come out where all of a sudden maybe the beer has to be 50 cents more that we have compassion and consideration for the fact that like it would be for a reason it's likely not greed because from every brewer we interviewed they have never really said like yeah i paid to get that cash like i came in and came in and made this to get that money no it's like their life savings a lot of the time so yeah, I think people don't really understand that and the people who don't understand, well, because I think there's different types of consumers, obviously. There's the people who just think beer is cheap and they, yeah. you know, like maybe they're not realizing that like, oh, well, I can go and get, you know, buck of beer, six bucks for a six pack. I'm like, okay, go do that, my guy. Like, yeah, it's, gonna be trash. it's very different. <laughs> so it's a very go. different experience. Or there's the people that, you know, like you keep seeing things go up a lot of the time, but maybe it's, because you see that there's certain breweries, I don't want to call them out because I don't think it's fair, but like there's certain breweries I can think of that like put their prices up a lot. And every time I see the cost for a four pack or whatever, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like mm-hmm. the fuck is this the States? Like, yeah. But, you know, it's either their operating costs have gone higher, so they're allowing for that, they're putting more hops in, whatever it might be, you know, and there's other breweries who, like the ones you told us, is like probably aren't doing that enough. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, but their quality is incredible. So it's, I don't know. I would pay if it's, if that's what it's cost. Like I don't buy four packs anyway. I buy one. Yeah. I very rarely buy more than one of anything. So, and I get most of my stuff to be honest from Durand who mm-hmm. then add, they buy a retail. Yeah. Cause that's how the stupid system oh, yeah. set up. So yeah. then I buy it 
with a premium, yeah. which is that he went to pick it up for me. Yeah. And it saves me getting four packs that you're forced to buy or- Or driving somewhere. Or, or driving somewhere yeah. or, or playing shipping. Yeah. So I'm like, for me, it works out good because I can get one of each of the new releases and he doesn't need, he's even careful with his margins. Mm -hmm. He's not charging five. There's other uh, similar stores that charge out the ass mm. for the same shit yeah. that I've heard about. So I'm grateful yeah. that Durand is so close and I know him and he holds stuff for me. If I'm like, yo, you're getting this price? Like, yeah, I'm like, can you crack chuck a couple aside? And I get it for friends. I hook people up or whatever yeah. you need to, right? Like, and it's good because it helps him to go sell through stuff, but he doesn't like gouge me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I want I want him to stay open. Of course. So yeah. of course, yeah. plus the coffee's fire and the people's And the cool. coffee's great. Coffee's great. Yeah. So it's like to me, I, it's important that that so he supports the breweries. So I'm supporting both the breweries and the cafe. Makes me feel good. Yeah. That's why I mean like even I, And there's a local love. There's a local love. And that's what it comes yeah. down to. So I'm you know trying to support that. Like going to the breweries here and stuff, I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, already, you know, me and Nate went to Fairweather the other day. It was great. So the owner came out saying, you know, Great and Grit had so many good times. Great and Grit, killer. Grit. Yeah, super Always cool. Good food in that yeah. Happening. You know, yeah. it's been eating yeah. Merritt. Like, I haven't met him yet, but I spoke to him on the phone the other yeah. day. He's a champion. Like, Merritt's fire. Like, you know, I'm like, we're very Great fortunate. Great and Grit's a total local love place, too. Very. Because they don't distribute out either. It's just no, like, they're, and they're not like craft beer nerd. Yeah, place. it's just they're like just people like, love them and want to be there. And it's such a good vibe. And I think they do really well at the community activities and events. Like, I feel like their calendar is just stacked. Always. I was just like, well, what do dogs. we do? Okay, I want to go to the oyster one. Let's go do the oyster one. And then pierogi one. Got to do the pierogi one. They have this cute dog one. Yeah, Ooh. there's so much going on. Always. We yeah. went back a couple of times yeah. specifically for their pop-ups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is super cool. So there's a local love. And then you actually mentioned one of the points here about putting the prices up, which is great. Mm -hmm. um, but also diversifying the drinker base. So basically what LinkUp stands for. Like the other way to continue to grow is to proactively grow your drinker base outside of the people who typically go to your brewery, uh, whether they're local or otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, particularly, I think it, it's gender, which is one thing, which I, but I think more importantly is ethnicity. So BIPOC individuals, yeah. because they're just not into beer period because beer is, hasn't been marketed to, I mean, if you say <laughs> they, I, I don't like saying that at all, but like anyone who isn't essentially a Caucasian typically doesn't have beer marketed to them. You look at any of the major stuff, maybe now they do as a, a stuff, but you look in the nineties or even the two thousands, like there wasn't, it was just a bunch of white girls, white dudes in these ads and shit for yeah. blood and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that diversity and targeting these groups, I don't like the word targeting, like building. It's marketing, yeah. But it's it's marketing, marketing, but it's building with them too, because I yeah. think building with, it's basically doing what LinkUp does is, is, our mission and you don't have to work with link up to do it but i mean like taking the same thing that we're trying to do and doing it yourself yeah. as a brewery or just partnering think, with organizations that do it but that's what I, well whatever um, it is whether yeah. it's local or otherwise like proactively trying to show different people hey mm -hmm. have you seen this stuff before this is what we do you know we're everyone's welcome yeah maybe you like this or you you know you haven't tried and this when before. you think about that tactically speaking because you're almost speaking in the way that the person's even come in well i was thinking not outside of it that's what i was kind of more talking about yeah. that yeah because when they're in it's easy yeah the problem you gotta get is, them yeah, in the door because it's like how do you say like hey here's this thing i have come try it 
that's what I'm saying, building with community organizations yeah. or whatever, whatever it influencers, is. Influencers, like, if you want to talk tactically, influencers are a really great way too. Outside of the beer world though. I think it's yes, more value. Yes, outside. So like Because like chefs, we're speaking to the- People in beverages in general, people in food in general. I see general, a lot of breweries working with in, chefs though. It's be smart. Food and bev. It's perfect. So that makes sense. Like, because then they're going to be like, hey, I was, I'm drinking this beer or I'm make, using this beer to make this and this. These are who these girls and guys are, you know, go check them out. So I feel like that's something yeah. to um, to consider. Again, the partner organizations, um, even just making sure that your workforce, trying to find ways to diversify your workforce, because if you diversify your workforce, you're likely to have those drinkers be introduced to their families and friends, which will have them come in to support their friends. And then that can trickle in um, in that way. But I think, yeah, that's something that it's kind of like we've said a lot of times. And if it seems like the craft beer in general is declining or beer in general is declining, it's going to be very beneficial to obviously market to a lot. More I think people. it's the primary way that beer is going to yeah, not just sure. survive, but thrive. I yeah. just, Do I you don't. You say they're 11%. Craft beer is 11%. In Ontario, in Ontario specifically. Alone, and so, I think yeah. in Canada. Think how diverse Ontario is. And that's volume. I don't yeah. know if what the, if they always do it by volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I, my understanding was Canada craft beer was 5% and yeah. it was 12% in the state. So I don't know. That was a recent report. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they count it by dollars spent or whatever, but this was volume produced mm-hmm. in Ontario. So maybe there's more macro things in different places. Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. If you look at that and the diversity of a province like Ontario, even in the smaller places, mm-hmm. there's so much potential. Yeah, and I feel sure. like people just don't know. It's like once you, like there's this stupid like, What's the word? Like misunderstanding of what craft beer is for whatever the fuck reason. It's a bunch of dudes in plaid shirts with big beards or hipsters or fucking like snobby people. Is that not people. because that's how it was marketed and promoted and that's the type of people who are standing in line? I'm, it's not for some reason. It was literally when you went to like a brewery or you saw a lineup, it was like, what did the so maybe lineup back in the, like? But how long ago was that? Though? This <laughs> was like, they're, they're the early adapters. <laughs> you really think so? I even think like four years ago, people still looked... That like the image was way? still a certain way. And that's why you saw the comedies and things like that. They made fun of them. It's always that guy. It's that type of guy. And they pissed me And then finally it became like women are involved. So thankfully, thank goodness for that. But now it's like, how do we get other people involved as well? Other communities. Yeah, involved? really that's what it comes down to. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's no, I don't think there's one answer to it. If I could suggest anything to breweries watching. I mean, obviously if you're a drinker uh, and you're not a part of the industry, share beer with people and different people in your life you know it doesn't matter what ethnicity they are but just you know introduce people to craft beer yeah. and make it kind of one of your things uh and if you're a brewery go listen to the link up series like we've got 23 episodes mm-hmm. um all very unique takes and i feel like i'm pretty confident saying that, like every episode has at least one solid gem. takeaway and yeah. gem that yeah. each brewery delivered about something that you could directly imitate and, and implement immediately um so if you've got any questions you want to talk about it more just hit us up we'd be happy to talk even more about it to you know to go through what what people have been saying but there's some really good ideas that people have been saying in that and it's it's so tough that's why link up here we're trying to still figure it out we don't have the answers mm-hmm. we're figuring out as we go and the idea is that as we learn we're sharing it via these pods and maybe yeah. you know, me and you will do other ones maybe we could do pods with jacob and danielle and, and danielle at uh at psychm and, mm-hmm. and keep sharing other ideas but Diversity, I think, is the the key thing. And then the last thing, which we kind of said before, was like embrace sobriety consumers. Mm-hmm. So that was the 
basically non-alcoholic beers and other options. And the reason I'm saying that there was a a, a video on CBC, so here in Canada, um, on YouTube called "Is This the Golden Age of Non-Alcoholic Drinks?" Oh, I saw that one. I sent it to you. Yeah, you yeah, sent it to me. Yeah. That that and that. So it wasn't the same. Yeah, that one was NBC. That was CBC. Yeah. But it was. In, I thought it was pretty telling that the CBC are doing a video. And I, get, I don't know if it was just made for YouTube or it was some, some program that they put on there, but there was they were talking about cocktails. They weren't even talking about beer, but they were, you know, it was craft important. Cocktail, craft cocktail. Craft cocktails. are huge. Right. Yeah, the mocktails. So, sorry, mocktails, sorry. whatever. Yeah. But they were making like, it's the same shit with egg whites and everything, mm-hmm. like yep. in the proper glassware. Yeah, yep. I've seen I some like, beautiful ones on Instagram now. It so also made me interested in that. So like- yeah. That's interesting. The fact that, you know, we're looking at it personally a lot. We have a a pretty serious section in the cellar where we always have stacked, whether it's the flavored waters or the non-alcoholic stuff. Right now it's mostly Libra and Bellwoods, but we're looking to expand that and, uh, you know, continue to keep that part pretty stuck because we got pretty close to none one time and we were both like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like desperately trying to get some more stuff. So there are a few things that uh, we see, but overall, I would say, tell me how you feel. Like they were pretty bullish and optimistic about craft beer and the future of it. And I, I think craft beer is going to just mean craft beverage, mm-hmm. which is seems to be the way that it's going. And I think that's okay. I think that's that's good. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's really good. Um, any further thoughts before we wrap up this bad boy? The first episode of 2023, which is good. I don't have any further thoughts. I just, you know, One. support your local craft brewer. Hell you know, yeah. Um, buy lo- your, your local hop dealer, as we <laughs> like to call them, okay? Um, whether that be with an NA beverage, because you're taking a break, you might be embracing uh, dry January. Dry January and then October. The dry f- October. And dry Feb in oh, Quebec. The they do it a lot. Oh, I think yeah. it's called dry February. It's a late, lazy and- name. I think they just do it because it's 28 days. It's the easiest month to do Oh, it. smart. Hey, that, that's, 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 a, that's a good we strategy. We used to do it. I don't fuck with it personally, but like, I think it's better. I think balance in your life is is... Uh, a better long-term strategy. Yeah. But each to their own. I'd say so. Um, yeah, man. So it's been blessed. I uh, appreciate all of the support last year with us. It's been great. Um, looking forward to what's to come this year. Uh, we've got a few, you know, a few little collabs planned. Um, trying to keep the content coming. Uh, we've got a few other ideas for other little series. Now that we're sort of settled and not have these huge distractions we're just trying to like just build stuff so hopefully we'll be able to execute on some of these ideas oh barrington's having a little scratch good boy it's there yeah yeah scratch um, idea. did you want to do the the photo separately with a different camera rather than just take a screenshot since it's just us or we could just do it with this camera but Afterwards. we don't need to do it on the phone on the phone on the phone on the, on the thing, thing now because we're right together how beautiful that. is that how Isn't convenient that is that so um guys that's basically it any final thoughts uh no i had my thought which is Support your local craft. You decide us. I'm put so your prices tired. up if you need to. Put them up. You put your <laughs> prices up. It's okay. Okay, no, I'm not trying to encourage. I don't want anyone to come for me and say like you're trying to make beer more expensive or anything. No, like but like we I want, just want to make sure to we're all taken care of, you know, and we're not like being detrimental to our own life. I will tell you completely aside that high season as a business, we change completely when we put our prices way up. It was the best thing we ever did. And like we had to increase our margins. We were severely like not taking care of ourselves as a business because yeah. we were afraid that clients wouldn't buy from us. And all that did was that make more people buy from us in the end and helped us immensely. And different people buy from and us. And different people. And so, people are saying the prices, we should put it up. Multiple people have told us we should put our prices up again. And yeah. We will because it's a new year. We always do. But yeah. it's like the different people will find you. And like whilst you don't want to cut. Of course not. People out. If you're making beers that are, you know, you're getting a five percent margin on, 
and you're struggling, like yeah, it's not it's, sustainable. It's not the fair. right people will find you as all, well, and if those people aren't gonna, the existing ones aren't the ones, and the right ones will find you. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like people want you to be around rather than not, or they'll do popular. what they need to do to just buy from you, right? Or maybe they'll just, buy a little bit less. Yeah, but it'll still be around, and maybe it'll diversify a little bit, and maybe be temporary. Maybe we're about to. So what they say, we're going to a recession, going to a bit of a bad period for a yeah. bit. Well, they usually last one to two years, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. They're so negative out there. I don't like it. I kind of don't want to like say <laughs> this because I feel like we're perpetuating it. Yeah, yeah. So like it is going to be a bunch, like exactly. It's all about abundance. But, you know, if that's what you got to do, then do what you got to do. And I imagine that everyone, whilst no one wants to spend anymore, they would rather you be around than not. So mm-hmm. I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And with that, we wrap it up. Thank um, you all. Thanks yes. for having me. I know I say it all the time. <laughs> well, I'm a guest on the pod. It's I, not like I'm here every time. That's true. That's true. Well, I'm excited it's to be here on the first one of the year. So, which is great. We're going to definitely, like I said, do a bunch more of these different things. But maybe we'll just bring all the equipment upstairs and uh, every time do our, our puppy Barrington hears like a say bye or something, he, he gets, gets the tone. Yeah. He gets the tone when something's ending. Want to grab and show everybody, Bear? Yeah, come up. While we're wrapping baby. up, but guys, yeah, thank Big you for stretch. everything. Appreciate you all. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell, Bear, so you know when the new year drops. Follow us everywhere at BOS Podcast. Uh, check us out on all the audio. We drop podcasts. I think we're going to go back to mornings. Like last year we do it. We dropped them at, at 8 p.m. Eastern every Wednesday. Yeah. But we only did that because of the lives. We used to drop it like 7 a.m. I think every better Wednesday. for like commuters and like. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're going to move back to that. We're recording this on Tuesday night. So I imagine it won't happen tomorrow, but we're going to maybe try and move back to like the mornings to drop it and uh, release the content during the day. Yeah. Um, That's my big shaggy rug on my. Oh, I think yep. he just looks like a big rug in the camera. Doesn't he? Let's go check out at Barry, B-A-R-R-I, the multi-poo on Instagram. He's very cute. We don't post enough, but uh, he's a cute little, he's a good boy. Yeah. Like we say. Guys, thank you again. We'll see you in the next one. Get in ya. Bye.